You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 98, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. Follow my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Episode 98, more like episode 11 because it's the Carson Wentz episode. Hello! Good morning, listeners. Sorry for that. What did you apologize for? That was great. I always have to apologize for you. This is so so good. It's very nice to extend Carson Wentz. It makes me happy. Firstly, it's reminded me, the number one thing, the number one takeaway here. Is that Carson Wentz is literally such a goober. And it's easy to forget that sometimes. It's easy to be like, oh, like when he wears the shooting sleeve and he's got the helmet on and he's like breaking tackles and like, you know, crazy throws. Like he's the man. And then he posts his little video. He's like, hey guys, like I just want to let you know, like I, I, I think this city is really special. I think we're going to do special things. I'm like, Carson, you're, you're like me. You're, you're one of us. And us not being the larger Philly demographic, but us being the much smaller goobery philly demographic to which i belong did you see the behind the scenes look at carson wentz's negotiations with jeffrey Lurie? yes would you ever had that idea it needs to get out of the building was not great he's very genuine he's very happy and that makes me happy but obviously you know if you have not yet heard the news i don't know what you're doing but the eagles have signed carson wentz to a four-year extension through the end of his current contract so into 2024 which means they uh, one of the few teams who can boast of having a young franchise quarterback, they now have theirs secured for the immediate future, which is tremendous news. Yeah, let's reset the show a little bit. Obviously, we had plans for this week that I had talked about all week, and God laughs at your plans. So instead of some different shows like The Kist and Solak, Eye on the Enemy, Washington Redskins, or BGN Radio, or anything like that, me and Ben were available to record this morning after the news dropped last night that Carson was, in fact, extended for four more years. Uh, it is worth $128 million with $107.9 million in guarantees. There is $66 million guaranteed at signing. So finally, Carson Wentz can loan me that $20. So that's an annual average of just that extension of $32 million in new money. Uh, the extension can escalate to a total max value of $144 million. Now, this also, you have to take into account the fact that this is, in fact, an extension, and we don't have the details yet 
on if this is going to impact his 2019 or 2020 cap number. So the 2019 right. cap number is from his rookie contract. And then they also picked up his fifth year option. That's part of that second year. That's why he signed through 2024 yes. with a four year extension. So on average, that can come out to 25.8 million. Now, here's what matters. The Eagles have the ability with the cap space that they've created by moving money around this year to move some of that money from the extension into this year. We don't know if they're doing that yet. We're simply working with the information that we have right now, but that is certainly a possibility and something right. that we talked about that you know, potentially exploring when they came into it. I think Brad from Over the Cap has also mentioned that the Eagles could put anywhere from 10 to 11 million of his future deal into this first year, which would then, you know, that the following years, their average uh, would reduce, which would be very favorable for the Eagles. So I, I know you already given your, your, your first reaction, but overall, I think it's fantastic that the Eagles number one got this done. I think we all expected it. So this is not a surprise to, to anyone. I also think it's great that they got the deal done before Dak Prescott and Jared Goff. Obviously, Jared Goff's agent is the same agent as Carson Wentz. It'll be funny to see if Goff gets more than Wentz. I think Wentz is clearly the better quarterback. Dak Prescott might get paid more than Carson Wentz, which would be hilarious. Every time these new contracts come out, everyone says it's ridiculous and they're overpaying. And then two years later, they're like, oh, well, the QB market resets itself literally every year. So to get in now, I really feel that was the right move. What about you, Ben? Yeah, so a few things there to suss out. So, right. In terms of effective APY, yeah, 25.8 is the number that I, that over the cap has. So, yes, uh, that's where I see that. The dumping of money into 2019 and 2020, to draw this out from a contractual standpoint, just so that it's, it, oh, we understand what that looks like, 66 million. Carson's getting his 66 million. It's just, here it is. This is yours. What years of cap space that money comes out of, the Eagles have a lot more control over based on how they structure the contract. And when we talk about high roads and the cap genius, very often it's just like arbitrary, it's just general. One of the specific things that Howie does really, really specifically is structuring contracts in such a way that he has a ton of control over where that money comes from, where that money, uh, where, where that guaranteed money is distributed in terms of on what years of the cap. And that's why you currently have Players like, you know, Malik Jackson, who's on a three-year deal, but really it's five years with two options. And Brandon Graham is on a three-year deal, but really it's five years with two options. We always joke that he's going right. to sign a player. He's eventually going to sign a player to a one-year deal that has four years worth of options. You know what I mean? Like they, And they all automatically <laughs> void. And Nigel Bradham has a similar type contract, right? right and yeah. they're essentially there to lengthen the contract to the maximum amount, which is five years, under which signing bonus can still be prorated. And so when we talk about... Uh, prorating signing bonus you have a 12 million dollar signing bonus in a three-year contract four million of the of that comes out in each year you have a 12 million dollar contract on a on a five-year or excuse me a 12 million dollar signing bonus on a five-year contract when out 2.4 million comes out in, a, in every year of all five of those years and so even when howie signs to a three-year deal with two voidable years at the end he still gets to prorate that money as if it were a five-year contract so what, mm. what what this has allowed the Eagles to do is sign a lot of contracts with heavier guarantees than other teams have and then push some of that money into 2023 and into 2024. Now, if and when those contracts inevitably and eventually void, the money, prorated money, will accelerate back onto the cap in like 2021 and 2022 when these players are going to be cut. But the thing is, yeah. 
the cap's going to be bigger at that time anyway. And so it's a less proportion mm. of the cap space in general. That's the construction of how Howie has signed a lot of these recent option deals. And so when we talk about what Carson's contract is going to look like, the instinct, my gut instinct is to say, well, he's probably going to do much the same thing with Carson in the sense that Carson is, is going to get, he's got a 66 million signing bonus. It's the four-year extension. They have a ton of area over which to put this money. And yes, there's existing space in 2019 that otherwise they're just not going to use or they're going to roll over or whatever. So you could see them absolutely swell in roster guarantees, swell in injury guarantees over the next couple of years and put a lot of the guaranteed money in here now and then construct Carson with option years quote unquote in the final years of his contract basically to protect him from injury right like that's hmm. given what howie's contract is currently looking like i've expect the the construction to be heavy in 2019 heavy in 2020 a lot of the guarantees poured into there and then option years and the ability to have cap flexibility in the later years i am that's why i'm tempted to think that that's what the instinct is but in my head i also acknowledge the possibility that you construct the whole roster building the way you've been constructing it so that you have the freedom to make Wentz's deal far more palatable in 2019 and 2020 because I think the Eagles think they're in a winning window now. The, the Piper's going to yeah. come in 2021 and 2022 when all of these contracts with extra option years, which are bringing down the 2019 figures, bringing down the 2020 figures, when, when, when those expire and the prorated money accelerates back onto the cap, Eagles have to pay a lot of money to players that they're, that they're technically not employing anymore right they're gonna have to yeah. pay that that prorated salary bonus when they quote unquote cut the players with the option years left so to me so much of the contract management has been about creating a 2019 2020 window that i wouldn't be shocked to see if sure maybe they like you know 2019 2020 will still be big cap hits for Wentz, but they're not out of this world because it's not like the eagles are going to be able to be doing much contract movement and free agency stuff in 2021 and 2022 anyway does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And one factor that's a total wild card in all of us, you say that they're going to have to pay the piper down the line, whether it be 2021, 2022. The CBA has to be negotiated in that time as well. We have no idea what things are going to right. look like. Right, so just try to win in this window. Exactly. Exactly. So that's part of it. And you kind of alluded to some of the injury guarantees. So let's talk about the elephant in the room that everyone is going to hit us with because it's a, the, the whole if healthy qualifier is warranted. Uh, but it's it's going to play out right. one of three ways for me as far as Carson Wentz's future goes. So, and, and I've often said this, and I am not a doctor. I think that's well known. I have no idea which way it goes, and I won't assume he's going to be healthy just as much as I won't assume that he won't be healthy. And talking about it, the three ways that it can play out, this is an example that I've used before, but it's worth mentioning again. And a quick qualifier, I am strictly talking about health. I am not talking about talent at all. I want to make that very, very clear. And I will use this direct quote against anybody who attempts to take this next segment out of context, and I might just mute you instead because you're an amoeba, incapable of critical thinking, or you just have a dumb agenda nobody cares about. Okay, sorry for being aggressive, gentle listener. I know it's not your fault. Scenario one, let's talk about it. Scenario one is that Carson Wentz, health-wise, is Matt Stafford. In the first two years of his career, played 13 games total, meaning he was available for 13 out of 32. That's 41%. For what it's worth, Carson has been available for 75%. That is counting playoff games. Yes, it is notable he did not finish two of the three seasons. Stafford didn't finish either two of his first two seasons. Since then, 16 games played in 2011, 
16 games played in 2012, 16 games played in 2013, 16 games played in 2014, 16 games played in 2015. Ben, you raised your hand. I just wanted to make, uh, ask, 16 games, that's a full season, right? That's all of them? That is a full season. Okay, just want to make Now, sure. here's where it gets tricky. 16 games played in 2016, 16 games played in 2017, 16 uh, games played careful. in 2018, right? Yeah, you see the trend here. That's 128 consecutive starts, eight consecutive full seasons after having his first two cut short. That's the best case scenario and an example of one or two seasons not even really mattering when it comes to a quarterback's long-term help. Scenario two, this is the worst case scenario, he's Sam Bradford. In his first three years, Bradford missed six games, 88% played, had his second season cut short. Not terrible at all. Hell, it's better than Wentz on all counts. Since then, seven games played, zero games played, 14, 15, 2, and 3. Highly erratic. We know all about his knee. It's essentially dust at this point. That's the worst case, barring anything crazy. If that's the outcome, then the dice roll crapped out. There's no way of spinning that in, in a positive light. Unless we're able to trade him for a first round pick and then go get the next quarterback of the future, which is, you know, a whole different past with with the Eagles and Bradford. Look, scenario three, it's somewhere in the middle and you might be looking to move on from him down the line, but still hoping that he can put it together. That's the sort of purgatory version of these scenarios. And you hope that the years that he does stay healthy align with the stars and bring another trophy with it, because if he can get one, it was worth it in my opinion. And yeah, it'll be annoying to have the same debate in the same comments every year concerning his health. When the time finally comes to move on, when is that? Blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't care. In that scenario, scenario three, if he wins one, worth it. If not, well, that's life sometimes. The point I'm making here is that we do not know. Hell, we don't know if Carson was going to be the player worth giving up this type of contract to after three years when the Eagles drafted him. That was the big gamble to begin with from a lower level of competition. Didn't know a whole lot about him, had the wrist injury, all that stuff. Was that a bad decision? I sure as hell don't believe so considering the type of player that Carson Wentz has shown he can be and can be in the future. Football is one big gamble after another, and it's a gamble off the field when you're constructing your roster. It's a gamble on the field when you're letting them hang and calling Philly Philly in the Super Bowl. Me, I'm not going to live in fear of Carson getting injured the same as I wouldn't for any other player. I won't assume anything. I don't know, and I'm not going to let it get in the way of enjoying it when Carson plays well, and I won't point to it when it's not relative when he doesn't play well. Bran, Ben, you can see things better than I Very can moving forward. Very upset about that. That's not okay. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> what are your, What are your thoughts on the the long term, the the health stuff, the gamble stuff, like all the stuff being thrown out there right now? Right. So there's several things to talk about here. We'll start with the the things I know the least well, and then move to the things I think I know the best well. Number one, I do not know about Carson Wentz's health. I know that in 2017 he was playing really well, and then he tore his ACL. I know that in 2018, he played good football as a quarterback, but he lacked some of his mobility. It was very clear to see uh, when you when he was on the move, he was not as explosive as he used to be. And also, we know that likely in part due to likely in, in relation to the injury in his leg, uh, the injury in his back was not something that happened one game and then he was out. It was something that was either happening right. over time or ha had happened for a while and we didn't know about it. It was present during the end of his 
playing time in 2018. And so he was playing injured for a fair bit of time. This is the things that, that I think we know well. Can I, can I ask you this real quickly? Go ahead. Do the injuries being different types of injuries, obviously the ACL and then the, the, the back being more of a bone thing. Obviously, you had the hairline fracture and everybody's making a big deal at and adding this into the equation, like the preseason games he missed, which he would have definitely played through anyway. The hairline rib fracture when he was a rookie uh, added into that. Taking a look at those two season ending injuries, essentially, are them being different types of injuries better for you? Because I think it's it's actually kind of a big deal. It's not like a guy who's getting the same type of injury over and over again. It's a freak injury. And then it's a different type of injury. Does that kind of alleviate some of the concerns for you moving forward? Not really. And this goes to the the point that I like, you know, about what we know and what we don't. I just don't know things Mm -hmm. about injuries. You know what I mean? Like I don't. And this is (laughs) this is critical, right? Like anybody who's doing some cost benefit analysis on the risk of signing Carson, given his injury history, we need to acknowledge like I don't know anything about injuries. (laughs) I don't. And so I I, I have no leg to stand on which like well listen i like like me personally we talked about this at the time i think the back is connected to the leg i think that like because his leg was bad there's a lack of stability i think there's a lack of like you know internal kinesiology like the cohesion like you know the full athlete like these sort of like ideas and concepts like the holisticness of the body like i think they're they're related like you know your back is what you use very often to like like make up for you know what i mean like it like you use it to like solve for imbalance issues in other places but the, yeah. the, the the moral of the story here being I do not know things about injuries. I know that Carson Wentz has <laughs> ended his last two seasons injured, and that's objectively not good. But there's a, a rainbow of ways that that can happen. I don't know where we are on the spectrum, which brings me to point one B, point two, which is I do think it matters and at least is a signal, if not something stronger, that the Eagles extended Carson Wentz pretty much like two weeks after the first time they saw him in training camp. I absolutely think that matters. I do think that there's no reason why they couldn't have signed this deal. Like no money was moved around. They could have signed this deal before training camp. But after they saw him in training camp, after he was in the facility, (laughs) right, with the team, with the people, and like everybody's saying he looks great, but also we don't know what goes on behind the scenes in terms of their doctors with their trainers. You know, they're very analytic heavy in that training room in terms of like your ability to generate power and they put you on these like pads and like, you know, how strong is your leap? How strong is this? Your torque and everything. They measure all this stuff. I do think that matters. I do think, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Howie was like, I want to sign, or actually I should flip that. I wouldn't be surprised if Lori was like, I want to sign Carson now. Part of the discussion with Howie and other strategy members in the front office was, let's wait until we get him in to do tests X, Y, and Z and, like, you know, see how he moves yeah. for, our, for our scouts and, like, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, So I do think that matters. Great so that's point. point two when it comes to, like, is Carson healthy, so on and so forth. But then point three, which is really the main point here, is if Carson's not healthy, if Carson's career is going to go, like, the Ryan Tannehill route, which Carson was always a better quarterback than Tannehill. But like Tannehill's the last quarterback to me in recent memory who like just got so injured that you just couldn't trust him to be a franchise guy. Because to right. be honest, it just doesn't happen very often, which is another important thing, right? Like, like I forget what somebody said it. It's one of the over the cap guys. I forget who it was. But they basically said like quarterback injury has never affected quarterback plays pay scale ever. Because if he's good enough, then you just have to swallow the risk. You have to swallow the pill because he's, he, he, he plays like Carson Wentz. If he plays like Carson Wentz, you're just not going to get him somewhere else, which we're going to get to. <laughs> right. So if, if Carson's injured, if he's injury prone, if he's going to get injured every year, if he's not going to regularly finish seasons, you're screwed. It does not matter what you do contractually. You pay him tied most guaranteed money with Russell Wilson. 
and he's injury prone, you're screwed. You're nothing. You, yeah, right. You're screwed. You're done, right? It's, you have Nate Sudfeld starting, and now you know you have this huge contract on your hands that you know you're you're not going to be getting consistent play for. Carson's going to be in and out of starting for the next two to three years. Eventually, you're going to cut him. You're not going to win a Super Bowl for the next three years. If you wait and see, and Carson gets injured. Well, now you have to figure out what that to pay the guy, which is an incredibly difficult calculus. No matter what, you're going to be incorporating even more risk into that contract because he's got injured now for a third time, or you potentially let him walk. And now you're not going to get a good quarterback in the free agent market. Good quarterbacks don't hit the free agent market. So you've got to get back up into the draft to draft somebody. So you've got to mortgage your entire future of draft picks to bring in a rookie who's not going to be able to contribute right away. And you're not, and he might not even be good. Rookie like Carson was good. Rookies often aren't good. They often bust. So you're not going to win for the next two to three years. And if you, if Carson gets injured and you don't even consider, you know, like you just like let him walk, right? Like if he gets like injured and injured, like once he like retires, right? Like he gets injured so much that like he's medically unable to perform. You need to trade him and go get a quarterback and he might not be good because he's a rookie and you're not going to compete for the next two to three years. So regardless of right. how much money you give Carson, whether it's the farm, whether it's the pennies in your couch cushions or somewhere in between, if Carson is injury prone and will never be healthy again, the Eagles franchise is not going to win a Super Bowl for the next three years. When you use that very binary construction, I don't care how much money, like, like what, like what, there's like a discount for injury. It doesn't matter to me how much the discount is. If he's healthy, you're, if he's, if he's not healthy, you're screwed. So what if he is healthy? Well, either you paid him now and he's going to cost 25.8 million over the course of the next six years. His, his extension is at a $32 million figure or you wait a year. He stays healthy. He has a tremendous season on one of the best offenses in the league. They make it deep into the playoffs. Dak and Goff get extended. All of a sudden, Carson costs a bit more than he did, and you lose 2019 to dump uh, guaranteed money into. So if we work from the premise, which I think we should, that if Carson is unhealthy, the Eagles are screwed regardless of whether or not they extended him, then this was the best time to do this. And to be honest... Five months ago was the best time to do this. Now, they took a look at him. You know, they felt comfortable with that. I'm sure, you know, because people are human. Like, Howie might make really analytical decisions, but people are human. Lurie is human. If Carson was still struggling to come back from injury, they wouldn't have signed him to the deal. They would have tried to get a a better timing where, like, they saw him getting healthy and they still wanted to preempt Dak and Goff, et cetera, et cetera. But to me, once we accept the fact that Carson Wentz injured equals Eagles screwed for three years— then pay him, and if he's if he's unhealthy, well, you were going to lose the next three years anyway, because your franchise quarterback is now broken. So, I mean, who cares about the money? And it's it's so weird, man, because we all knew this 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 was going to happen. And Philadelphia media, and maybe not, maybe it's not just Philadelphia. I don't want to paint like a broad brush on on a single group, but it seems like the Philadelphia media media is obsessed with these counterfactuals and alternative histories that were never going to happen. They were never going to retain Nick Foles. It was always going to be Carson Wentz. That's been very clear. They were never going to wait on Carson Wentz's contract. It was always going to happen like this. This is the reality that we're dealing with. And we're going to talk about the realities with the rest of the team, how it works in with Carson Wentz. When we come back here on the Kiss and Solak Show, episode 98, here on Bleeding Green Nation, we'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software 
for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 98, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm Michael Kist, along with Benjamin Solak. We are talking about the Carson Wentz extension. So Zach Rosenblatt, who I love, tweeted this out. You can follow him on Twitter, at Zach Blatt. That's with two Ts. Quote, the Eagles now have Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Andre Dillard, Miles Sanders, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and Isaac Sayomalu signed through 2021. The offense is set for a while, unquote. So let's talk about the roster that Howie Roseman has built around Carson Wentz that is built to last, and he has shown that even when people think that the cap is going to get him and the cap is real and all this stuff, that we think Brandon Graham is going to be gone, he's still able to bring him back somehow on a solid contract. The the cap maneuvers that Howie is able to do, the, the hoops he's able to jump through, the cartwheels he's able to do to make all of this work while keeping this core of players, you have to be excited about this roster. We talk about it a lot. You know, that, that bill is going to come due eventually, but right now... You don't have cap just to have cap. You have cap to As I've always cap. said, like cap space is an objectively <laughs> bad thing. People are like, oh, there's no cap space. Yeah, because you have good players. <laughs> does it does it make you feel better if you went nine and seven with fifty million dollars in cap and then right. do a one and done? Or that you spend all of your money and you make a serious run at things and you have a fully loaded roster and yeah, you might have to move some money around, which Howie is perfectly capable of doing. But the way he set this up. I mean, the Eagles are set for two to three years. That makes me feel pretty good about the window that they have as far as being able to make a run with a super talented roster. And and this is like a, a critical, like, okay, so cap space is bad, right? Cap space is not, is not bad, bad. But we're currently talking about the Carson Wentz extension a lot, which uh, first is our job. And so, you know, we don't mind. But it is <laughs> June, right? When we get to week three and the Eagles are playing... I don't know how they play in week three. Right when we get to like the Eagles week four and like you know we they're like three and one and like you know they're fighting for MCs. No one's gonna remember how much Carson Wentz cost in twenty twenty two. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is like <laughs> cap space doesn't play the game. And so yeah, the Eagles have a quarterback who is very good. And like that's the other thing is like I, I so I, I made my little flow chart. I know you've seen my flow chart. Maybe not everybody has seen my flow chart. Yeah, but my flow chart I love it. says like Carson Wentz your quarterback extend him but when should you extend him now or wait and see and i kind of broke down what i broke down the previous segment right if he's hurt in both now and in wait and see you're screwed if he's healthy and you wait yep. to see you have to pay him more uh and if you pay him now you have to pay him less right so like that's the best alternative here those are really only four options right you either extend him now or you wait and see and then in either of those situations he's either healthy or he's hurt and of course i knew i was going to get it but i was hoping i wouldn't i knew i was going to get it 
somebody comes, yeah, but what if you sign him now and he's healthy, but he's not good? We're past that point. And like, I feel comfortable saying that. I was, I would like, after 2016 rookie season, I was like, listen, Wentz looks good. Like he translated nicely, but like we need X, Y, and Z, right? Like I was not, I remember when we, this was right. locked on Eagles for us. After 2016, you know, you were very much so like Carson Wentz is the dude. And I was very much so like, I got to see some more in 2017, <laughs> right? We're past the point with Carson who just like, you know, was on his second contract now. So he's now a second contract quarterback, not like technically, but he has a second contract. We are past the point where it's like, well, what if Carson's bad? Carson's not bad. Carson's a very good quarterback. Carson is a great player. Carson is an mm-hmm. NFL caliber quarterback who you can win games with. He has not yet won a game in the playoffs, but you should expect to be able to win games with him in the playoffs. This is like, if you, if you have that, the price tag mm-hmm. just sought it. Just who I don't, it, it, yep. it's without a, the quarterback who is a playoff caliber quarterback, your franchise is pointless. I don't care how much cap space you have. I don't care what other players you have. Then, you factor in the rest of this roster and you start comparing it to the rest of the league. And as we alluded to in podcasts previous, I think there's maybe one roster that's better in the league right now than this one. Right. Not only do we have that as a reality for 2019, but a lot of players were put on multiple year deals in recent years to the point where, I mean, Philly, the, 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 the core is impressive. There's one area of this team that's really left to figure out. And if they get it wrong, could be debilitating they get it right Mm. it should be you know back-to-back nfc east championships back-to-back deep runs into the playoffs that's the secondary the secondary is the only Mm. place right now where nobody is signed long term besides malcolm jenkins and obviously malk not at camp right now but uh, nobody is signed long term (laughs) except for malcolm jenkins a lot of young players to figure out and they got a lot of injury prone players to figure out which we've talked about injury proneness in this podcast but the secondary besides that linebackers they're going to continue just throwing bodies out of left and right Defensive line, oh, yeah. they're set. Offensive line, they're set. Wide receiver room, they're set. Running back room, they're going to keep throwing bodies at it like linebacker. Slash, also, they might be set. They drafted Miles Sanders in the second round. We haven't seen him yet, but... Think about how that offseason went. It was, okay, well, we need a running back. Why don't, why don't we even get a running back? Well, we got Jordan Howard, we get Miles Sanders. Oh, well, well you know, we got you know, guard depth issues. Oh, well, here comes Wisniewski. Well, the, the linebacker situation is untenable. Well, then you bring in LJ Fort, you bring in Zach Brown. You I mean, skipped you skipped a critical part of that offseason. You skipped the part where it was, listen, we have no cap space. Deep We're threat. not gonna be able to do anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning of the offseason, remember? Remember the beginning of the offseason which yeah. was like, listen, like the Eagles, man, strapped for cap. And it was like boy <laughs> well Here's we're gonna thing. trade for deshaun jackson we're gonna give him a new contract so yeah. deal with it <laughs> and we're gonna bring brandon yeah. Grant back again like, and again crazy. we laugh yeah. we laugh about this right now it's important to remember like again right. and this is uh there'll be a feature piece up on this hopefully this weekend after i you know graduate from college about the fact that 2021 like i said the chicken's coming home to roost but you're yeah. developing a winning window now and that's how you team construct your team constructing cycles so let's talk about how this may impact some of the other quarterback extensions mm-hmm. that are about to happen. This is actually great timing. You brought this up during the break. And as you said that, SBNation.com, the mothership site, released a story that said why the Cowboys would be right to pay Dak Prescott $30 million per year. Now, here's an interesting difference between Wentz and Dak that well, I don't necessarily think about all the time. But Dak's deal expires after 2019, he doesn't have the fifth year only option. First round picks get for uh, get first year options. Dak only has four years on his deal. Yeah, so the money from his extension is going to hit sooner than Wentz's. Do you think that Dak? I mean, here's the thing: I've always said that the Cowboys are going to pay Dak and that they should pay Dak because the alternative ain't that great, baby. 
And while I'm not the right. biggest Dak fan, I do think that that's true, and I do think that that he's going to get paid. You pay quarterbacks that are talented that can show that they can win in the league. I don't think Dak is close to Wentz. I think there's a reason every time you see the comparisons with the stats, the box score scouting between Dak and Wentz, they always have to go three years back because Wentz has been demonstrably better for the past two years. However, I do still think that that contract is coming for Dak and, you know, we really shouldn't, you know, laugh at it too much. But you also have to factor in Jared Goff, who I think might get more than Wentz. Ben, what do you think about those two quarterback contracts that are coming down the pipe? Right. So Goff is the easy one to handle. They're represented by the same agency, Rep One Sports. Goff has put up tremendous numbers in a very quarterback-friendly offense, has made it to a Super Bowl, and has improved steadily over his first three years. He has not dealt with the injury problems Carson has. Goff will get a higher APY number on his extension than Carson did. I can almost lock that in. Right. Guarantee-wise, it will be interesting uh, because Wentz matched Wilson, so 107. So for Goff to beat out Wentz would be to set the new uh, guaranteed standard. So we're looking at Goff potentially being the most guaranteed money on a quarterback contract in history, right? Which is like, whoo! Right. But Goff's APY will be higher. I can almost promise you that, especially in LA. I I would be shocked if Rep 1 signs Wentz to an extension and then comes back on their next big quarterback extension and is not able to hit their previous figure. That would blow my mind. Mm. We should expect Goff to to come in above Wentz. Dak is the interesting situation because here's here's, here's the thing with Dak that's critical. Eagles, Rams, Goff, Wentz, number one overall pick, number two overall pick. They're very, very good players. They're both very good players. And you're going to, they're going to be your franchise quarterbacks moving forward forever, right? Period. Yeah. With Dak, solely because Dak's a fourth round pick, exclusively because of that, I would say that the certainty, if you were to like pull Dallas, Philadelphia, and Los Angeles as cities, the certainty that Dak is the long-term starting quarterback for the Cowboys, I think, is a, is a notable tier below yeah. L.A. and even Philadelphia with the injury plus the Nick Foles thing. Like, I don't think Nick Foles' hype is that mm-hmm. strong that would really take a chunk out of it. Maybe I'm wrong. But while Jerry Jones has been very adamant that, like, listen, Dak is our starting quarterback, we're going to extend him like a franchise quarterback, uh, Howie Roseman and Les Snead aren't getting asked that question, right? So there's the different conception there around Dak, which if you go— statistically, which some people do without much nuance, Dak is comparable to Carson and Goff. And if you go tape-wise, like you said, like I don't love Dak, but I absolutely think he's a, he's a, he's a franchise quarterback. But when I look at contract-wise, in terms of what he adds to a team, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's closer to the Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr construction of quarterbacks yeah. and contracts than he is yeah. Goff and Wentz. And when I say that, Carr got a contract that at the time was like, really really big right it was like six years or something like that and it was you know huge it was like a 25.5 apy which is like i said at the time was massive obviously this has been big skyrocketing but it was it was huge but when you look at the way it was built out and this is a huge thing for oakland right now uh car's contract was incredibly heavy in the first three years all of the money was in the first three years which the last year of those three years is this year 2019 afterwards they can cut car i think for like a five million hit and recoup like 16 or something like that Right. They. Wow. Yeah. They're at the point where they have, I believe they have two years. They have 2020 and 2021 with him. And those two years, he's very cuttable. They might even have three years, to be honest. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. 2020, 2021. And there's another year on there. But in 2020, five million dollars in dead cap. They would save 19 million dollars. 2021, two point five million dollars in dead cap. 
they would save 19.6 mil. So that's, right. that's, that's very easy, easily to get out of, especially when there's like zero talent on that roster and you don't have to pay many people. <laughs> right. When it comes, when it comes to quarterbacks and how their contracts work, I'm calling a $5 million cap it for 19 money saved. I'm calling that a, a, a $19 million option. That's a, that's a $20 million right. option, right? Like the team, right. Well, like you have to sit down and choose to do that because so much of that money is non-guaranteed. They have three consecutive years of that. Right. And now, and if memory serves, those first three years of Carr, looking at that contract, were all very, very heavy on the guarantees. There was no way he was going anywhere. It didn't matter how he played, right? He was locked in for those three years. And so three-year contract with three option years, if we want to use that construction. I also brought up the Kirk Cousins contract. Listen, famously, $84,027,000 per year, fully guaranteed. And most quarterbacks don't hit the free agent market. And so Cousins contract is kind of like a little bit of a, a pink unicorn. You know what I mean? It's like, we it's hard to use that as a construction because quarterbacks are 99% of the time getting in-house extensions. But Dallas, who needs to extend Amari Cooper, who needs to potentially extend Ezekiel Elliott in two years, who needs to extend Byron Jones this year, who has Jalen Smith that they want to extend also at the end of this year. They have a ton of high-priced free agents. The Eagles are going to be tied into Wentz through 2024. When Goff signs his extension, they're going to be tied into Goff through 2024. I do not know for certain that Dallas wants to be tied into Dak through 2024. I'm not sure you want that because I'm not sure you're sold that this guy is, we can make a Super Bowl run with him at quarterback. And considering the fact that you're undoubtedly going to give Cooper a huge contract, you're undoubtedly going to give... Well, I shouldn't say undoubtedly give Ezekiel Elliott a huge contract, but you're probably going to give Ezekiel Elliott a huge contract. Byron Jones is probably going to get a big contract for corners. There's a very real option that the Cowboys had two days ago to try to sign Goff to or try to sign Dak to a fully guaranteed shorter term deal or to a car deal with option years at the end of it. Right? They probably prefer the car option, to be frank. But to sign Dak to a deal where, like we've kind of been talking about with Carson, Poor money into 2019 and 2020. Because let's be honest, like if Dak is bad, well, you still want to see him in a full year with Amari Cooper to see what that looks like. You don't even know what that looks like yet. There's no way you're cutting him in 2019. You know what I mean? Like right. he has a down year in 2019. Okay, well, it was a down year. He's going to bounce back in 2020. You're not going to cut him in 2020. Like you need at least two years to figure out, you know, what Dak is in the new offense with Amari Cooper, Kellen Moore's your new offensive coordinator. Maybe you need to make another offensive coordinator switch. Like, He's played behind one of the best offensive lines in history in 2016, and now he's, you know, adjusting to life behind a, a worse offensive line. There's still things to figure out with Dak. There's still things to figure out with all these young quarterbacks. But again, like, Goff and Wentz are locked in through 2024. Their teams are not moving on from their first and second pick. It's different mentally than a, than a fourth-round pick. And so if you're not moving on from him, pour the guaranteed money in there, and then either give yourself the option to renegotiate and re-extend or try to build out those option years the way that Carr has. They had yeah. that freedom to build a contract like that i would say before the once extension after the once extension i think they lost it if they can get it yeah. that's big that's really really big for their team with the amount of money they have to spend on free agents over the next two seasons but if they lost it which i think they did because it's it's dak lawyered up right he signed with caa he signed with todd france he changed agents because my man as a fourth round pick wasn't getting a heavy hitting agent who could get him in a multi-year extension dak switched uh-huh. uh, dak switched uh, agents this past summer saying listen a man's coming to get paid. And, like, go get your bag. Like, Prescott's <laughs> played so well for right. a fourth-round fourth round pick. There, It's going to be very difficult now for them to give Dak a contract that looks like Cousins and Carr, both of whom are not 
you know, the pinnacle quarterback play right now, when the two QBs he was in, drafted in the same class of, who he's had some comparable numbers to over the first three years of their career, are getting the big kahuna deals. That's really hard sell. Yeah. And so I think they're going to have to sign Dak to at least $30 million per. I think they're going to try to push Carson's number, if not match Carson's number. And I think it's going to be a four or five-year deal. And I don't think that's what Dallas will end up wanting when they look back on this in hindsight. If Dak continues to play, like, you know, Dak, I think, grew into 2018. Well, if he takes another step in 2019, which is not unreasonable to think because he just got Amari Cooper as their first, like, legit weapon for him ever. Then like it's fine. You're paying a really good quarterback, really good quarterback money. It's it's okay. Like I'm I, this is not to take away from yeah. Dak at all. I think the Cowboys were in a spot where they could have gotten a better contract construction for Dak before Wentz was extended. And now that Wentz is extended, I think they lost that window. Mm. That was a long one. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of nuance to it. No, you're fine. You're fine. This is why you preempt the market, and not all contracts are created equal. And to Dak's credit, I mean, last year Cowboys were in a lot of close games and. Dak Prescott had five game-winning drives, which was second in the league. Now, it's also interesting. I think I saw from a football perspective that the Cowboys, and we're going to talk about this on Ivy. You know what? We're going to save this for Eye on the Enemy. I got some more stuff on the Cowboys, their close games, why it's not sustainable, how over-expectation they were, all that stuff. But this is the Carson Wentz show. Obviously, his impact on the other quarterbacks has to factor in as well as they sign their contracts. But the Eagles get in before Goff and Dak. Good times. I'm happy about it. Ben is happy about it. Ben, any last words for the gentle listeners before we get out of here? And you can go ahead and uh, tack on a, a, a goodbye with that. Sure. Um, you look at quarterback contracts right now. Do you want to know mm-hmm. who right now is the best value of all quarterback contracts? That's not, um, what's his name? Tom Brady, because he doesn't count. That's the best value? What do you, what do you mean by best value? Who's, who, which quarterback contract right now, which like, you know, was signed in X year or whatever, just right now looks better, like looks so good in hindsight. Is it Drew Brees? Like I'd have to. No, I mean Brees is also. And you're yeah, I mean Brees is, is is great. Honestly, maybe it is Brees's. I mean, two years, twenty five, which they signed two years ago or last year. Excuse me. That's a really good deal for them because it gives them the freedom to move on if he starts to get old. Brees is a great one. It wasn't one I was thinking of. What about Philip Rivers? Oh my gosh, where is Philip Rivers? <laughs> yeah, that's probably it right there. That's, that's huge for them. But these, yeah. like, these are guys yeah. who are, who See, are getting. You sign older. these. You sign these mega deals. These contract. The, these quarterbacks get their their first. You know, their second contract. Right. Their first real contract, the big one. And two years later, nobody cares about the money anymore because the, the the market resets exactly. every single freaking year. Yeah, would you buy, baby? Right. My example was going to be last year when the Falcons signed Matt Ryan to 30 mil, which oh. the 30 mil average, people were like, yo, this is a quarterback. He got 30 million. Like, this is the first deal with, you know, 30 million per. And like, I'm positive Thomas Dimitrov was sitting in his office looking at Wentz, Goff, and Dak all coming up and being like, listen, guys, yo, 30 mil ain't going to be jack in a heartbeat. And that's the thing is like, once Goff slash Dak sign their extension, Ryan falls out of the top five uh, APY in terms of average money. And I mean, in terms of guarantees, he's going to be out of the top five probably as well. Derek Carr will be out of the top 10. Yep. Everybody who listens to me to this podcast should know I'm a huge Matt Ryan fan. Uh, and I think he's a tremendous quarterback. Yeah, I think that's a good deal too. for the Falcons. But yeah, Carson, top five quarterback contract in the league, potentially top five quarterback in the league if he stays healthy. So there you go. Thank you as always. Yeah. For listening to the Kiss and Soul Act show here on Bleeding Green Nation. We do appreciate you swinging by. I'm sure that you uh, wanted to and we're very excited to in the immediate wake of the Carson Wentz extension. Uh, we were glad to get it to you today on this morning, on Friday morning, and work on Friday to get this done on Friday because we were working on Friday. Yes. 
Uh, I'm Benjamin that's Solak correct. on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S O L A K. He's Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K I S T. As Mike said at the top of the show, the eye on the enemy series was, I believe, understandably delayed in the event of the Carson Wentz extension. So we will return to that uh, next week. Washington is the next team up, and then Cowboys are the team to follow. Of course, we do have some concerns that our Cowboys content will quickly lack evergreen quality because the DAC extension, as we've said, is impending. But Washington will be coming up first, and then uh, the Cowboys. And then we'll move to the entire NFC and take a look at some of the competitors and likely division winners in the rest of the conference. If you enjoyed the podcast... Leave a rating, review, and subscription. I will say, uh, Mike leaves me sometimes and records with other people, and it makes me sad. For example, once he recorded with BLG, they asked for ratings and reviews, and they got like 17, which was healthy. <laughs> Within the first 24 hours, Ben, we're, we're, it's been like 40 since then. It's been crazy. Like, I'm not the, even, the I'm not even going to try to come at that. No one, like, if you want to leave a rating and review because you really like the Kiss and Solak show, uh, and you want, you want to prove to Mike that I... I'm the best beggar for reviews, which I'm clearly not. Uh, the cult of BLG, may he forever reign, is nothing I can go up against. May but forever reign. Um, go ahead, leave a rating or review subscription. We do appreciate those. We do read those when they're funny. We read them on the show. Leave questions in there as well. We'll answer those. Ask us questions on Twitter. Be our friends forever. Go Carson Wentz. Go Birds. Fly Eagles. Fly. We all we got. We all we need. Fly Eagles. Fly. You are flying high with the Kiss and Solak show here on Bleeding. I told you I would do it. I told you I would do it. I told you, do you remember this? I said I wasn't going to do it right away. I was going to wait and I was going to hold yeah. it. And I was just going to move into the, reintroduce the podcast. And I figured today it's would be the perfect day because a lot of people are going to listen to this one. Brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host. At Michael Kist NFL. <laughs> Restart the music. Yeah. Okay. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.